Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 536. And Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel at Rock 102. Didn't I just say to you yesterday, uh, nothing's going to get me going in the morning than a melancholy song by Tom Petty. Well, you know, right up. It does. But you see, uh, that's kind of a way of like easing into it. People are just like waking up now. They don't want to be bothered with like a loud Metallica or an ACDC song. They want to like slowly work their way into the day. Ah, I see. Anyway, it's going to be uh, sunny with a high of 57 uh, tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 62. 36 in downtown Springfield. Scott Zolak will be joining us today. Lots of football to talk to uh, to Zoe about. Can we call him Zoe? That, let's not let's not do that. Hey Zoe. Yeah, I feel like that's almost like too familiar. I think Scott is perfectly fine. Yeah, you might be right about that. Um, you know, we're also uh, breakers of news. That whole thing with that lady getting arrested with the beehive yeah. thing, now it's like it's on those national news wires of being one of those weird, odd stories. Here she was being uh, yeah. evicted, releasing the bees. Now she's getting her 15 minutes of fame all over the country. Yeah, like, you know how we uh, we talk about, oh, like this guy out in Iowa ran naked down the street and then stole a cop car and then crashed into a children's hospital. You know, that that's the kind of stuff that we have here generating it right in rest western Massachusetts. You know all those so- those stories that start off with a Florida man? Yeah. It's a long meadow woman. Yeah, that's that's going to be the new trend. <laughs> it's 537 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 and Guns and Roses with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be sunny today with a high of 57. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 62. It's 36 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aquapump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well, through the pump, and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, Matthew Perry's got a new book out called Friends, Lovers, and Big and the Big Terrible Thing, uh, where he gets very candid about his drug use and how it almost killed him. In a new interview with People, he said he almost died when his colon burst due to opioid abuse for four, uh, four years ago. He spent two weeks in a coma, five months in the hospital, and nine months with a colostomy bag. Damn. Um, aren't you supposed to take opioids orally? Could you take any more Vicodin? <laughs> I mean, why would his colon have a problem? I mean... Well, I think, uh... That's how, isn't that how Elvis died? Elvis died because he took too many, uh, Oxycontins. No, he that- took too many peanut butter and bacon sandwiches. Yeah, but I thought Elvis died because he had gastrointestinal problems from all the opioids that he was consuming. Well, you know, it does bind you up. He did die on the toilet, didn't he? On th- The king died on the, the throne. The king died on the throne. Uh, anyway, Matthew Perry said, uh, the doctors told my family I had a 2% chance to live. I was put on a thing called an ECMO machine, which does all the breathing for your heart and lungs, and that's called a Hail Mary, and no one survives that, except him. At one point during his friend's days, Matthew was taking 55 Vicodin a day and was down to 128 pounds. Season 9 was the only year he was sober all the way through. 55 in a day? Yeah. Uh, he credits other cast members for sticky sticking with him, like penguins. Well, they'll be there for him. Well, they will be there for him. Penguins in nature, when one is sick, when one is injured, the other penguins surround it and prop it up. They walk around 
until that penguin can walk on its own. That's the kind. Of, that's what the cast did for me. And then when they weren't there anymore, you no, know, they abandoned ship. Fifty-five Viking in a day. <laughs> How come he gets to hoard all the Viking for himself? You know, that's a that's a sign of true addiction because it's like, what are you thinking after you know number eight? I took eight today. I get another forty some odd more Viking to go. Uh, John Waters once saw Angela Lansbury at a New York City sex club back in the eighties. Whoa! So many things. Murder she scrote. <laughs> There's so many things about John Waters that yeah. makes me want to pour bleach into my eyes. Uh, but it wasn't uncommon to see celebrities there. He said everybody went. She wasn't doing anything. She was just hanging out with the crowd. What? Wouldn't you kind of freak the hell out if you saw like an Angela Lansbury at a sex club? Um, like, like, wouldn't it just kind of like suck all the horny out of the room? Yeah, it's like uh, it's like going out to the grocery store when you were a kid and seeing a teacher. Like, oh wow, they have other lives. It's like you know, you go see Angela Lansbury. It's like, oh, she's not the uh, person I thought she was. Yeah, and then you see what's in her card. It's all disgusting stuff. Yeah, like uh, real disgusting stuff. Insure. <laughs> Colon cleanse. X lax. Right. Uh, some angry horror fans are signing a petition calling on the makers of Halloween Ends to start over and make a better movie. Fans did the same thing with the final season of Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, but that didn't work either. So, this isn't going to work. So stop trying. You know, somebody's so upset about a movie that you tell somebody to rewrite it. I mean, all your expectations walking in. Did you really expect a uh, magical tour de force of cinema? I didn't think so. No, but that—that's the whole idea of watching a story. You either like it or you don't like it, and. You can't make people change it because you didn't like the outcome of it. Yeah, they also probably spent millions of dollars on that film. Well, yeah. And they're not going to respend a million dollars because you wrote an email. No, they already got your money. You already went and paid for it at the movie theater. And now you'll do it again with something else. I'm upset because the movie didn't turn out. Yeah, you just, all you got to do is just badmouth the movie and nobody else will go see it. Here's here's an idea. Why don't you just uh, be patient for a little bit because I'm pretty sure a new sequel is probably like two or three years away. Mm Mm-hmm. Anna Faris says Ghostbuster director Ivan Reitman slapped her backside really hard during the making of the 2006 movie My Super Ex-Girlfriend. Since it was years before the hashtag Me Too, she didn't know how to respond. So Ivan Reitman never got his day in court. I don't know. The, uh, I, I don't go grab ass around this office. Well, uh, Every time I see Dan Williams, I want to touch it, but I can't. I can't. I recoil. That Pat Kelly, he's so short and sweet. <laughs> 36, 24, 36. Only if he's 5'3". Uh, well, with Pat, you got to lean down. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's too much. The uh, Well, you go into the tree where the, el- where the other elves <laughs> live making cookies. The uh, producers of Cobra Kai are working on a prequel series about Mr. Miyagi. Ralph Macchio says, quote, it's a project that I'm cheering for personally because Pat Morita always wanted to do more where Miyagi came from. All right. Do we really need to keep doing this? I actually kind of like the Cobra Kai series. It's well, actually been pretty good. Okay, but the, the, one good turnout for it. And then all of a sudden, now you want to make another one? Listen, is- when it's making money, yeah, you strike while the iron is hot, so you continue to make more money. Are they going to uh, show that uh, that portion of uh, Mr. Miyagi's life where he wound up owning that drive-in diner? And then uh, and it was certainly like a bunch of kids from the 50s, yeah, uh, like all, uh, milkshakes. And all of a sudden he had an English accent. 
And then there used to be this guy in a leather jacket that kept punching the jukebox. Yeah. I would have thrown that guy out. So wait a minute. I, now that it brings me up, I can't remember my happy days chronolo- chronological orders here. Al was the guy who owned the place, right? Al was the the big guy with the, the bald head? No, you're thinking of the, uh, the, the dark and foreboding acting talents of Al Molinero. He replaced uh, Arnold, and I think he bought it out. Gotcha. Yeah. But where did Pat Morita came in? That Pat was Morita was first. He was Arnold. He was Arnold. He was Arnold. Yes. And then you had Al. So the big A could stay where it was, but yeah. they continued to call it Arnold's because why not? You know what? I can't believe I'm not up to speed on my happy days. Uh, I would think this kind of information would be taught in schools. Uh, Kim Kardashian recently talked about death with her mother, and Chris and her agreed that they both want to be cremated and turned into necklaces for their family. Really? Mm-hmm. She must have had something to say. Oh my god, the last time I was used as a jewelry display was when Ray J donned me with a pearl necklace and I woke up with a mammary dandruff in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. And, uh, Caitlin? Do you use head and shoulders for mammary dandruff? <laughs> or do you get head and shoulders for that? I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. Caitlin? I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once gave her a Brisbane Slurpee. Did a little cleavage cleaning. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I tr- took a trip to Hymantown and had some wooden pudding. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kanye? I am going to be the next Nelson Mandela. You, you do know he spent 27 years in prison, right? I no longer wish to be the Nelson Mandela. <laughs> I'm more of a Judd Hirsch. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a second. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> You're not a Judd Hirsch at all. Such an injustice. And that's your Hollywood T-Rash from Rock 102. Ah! Dylan Napolitano. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 614 and Billy Idol. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Sunny with a high of 57. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 62. It is 36 right now in downtown Springfield. Um, I got a thing I'm doing tomorrow night. Okay. We get into talking about this nutty broad from Longmeadow. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, one of those guest bartender things, celebrity bartender things. Sure. At uh, Field Crest Brewing Company over at One on uh, Boston Road. Yeah, it's this thing sponsored by Rooney Insurance. Rooney! Pardon my French! But you're actually doing a good deed for your neighborhood. Um, this is a $25 donation. It's, it supports real men wear pink. So I'll be wearing something pink. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there for, you go. Uh, to support uh, breast, breast, cancer. breast Cancer Awareness Month. So uh, that's going to be uh, happening tomorrow at 530 over at, uh, at Fieldcrest. $25 come out. There's music. There's food. There's all kinds. And there's me. Why wouldn't you not want to go? You know, there's, there's the music and the food and the beer. That's uh, probably the bigger draw. I mean, no offense. Whatever. I'm just like the chef's kiss of the whole thing. I'm telling you, there, you know, there's a there's a, a, a strategy you know, I use to try to you know shake down everybody while you're there. Yeah, that's an easier job than actually pouring beer for people. Okay, maybe you I just, should you, do that. Shake well, down people for money. It's a total shakedown. That's I mean, if you're, if you're trying to raise money for a charity. What better way is there yeah. than, than to just you know, you know, badger somebody into opening up their wallet? Besides, I give too much head on the beer. You know. Yeah, I've that's, heard that. That's, that's I've heard thing. that about yeah. you. Didn't you go to that brew pub on Swallow Hollow? Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> it's called the Frothy Sailor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's tomorrow night over at Fieldcrest. I hope you can join us.
I can't believe that that story we did yesterday about the lady in Longmeadow with the bees yeah. has suddenly become, all right, it was like a dumb little story locally yesterday. Yeah, by yesterday afternoon, that story is in every major publication and news site yeah. in the world. That's one of those stories that just happens to be uh, one of the ones that catches on. Yeah. And as I was saying in the opening of the show that, you know, we hear from – Oh, this guy out in Idaho went and uh, stole a cop car, and then he, uh, you know, uh, threw up on something, and then he uh, crashed his car into a building or whatever. Yeah, it's always somewhere else. It's never here. It and now it is. It, it's funny when, like, when, it, when, a, like you say, like, when a news story happens a thousand miles away or mm-hmm. two thousand miles away, it just seems like, well, it's another news story. Some idiot out there has right. gone crazy. But when it's happening in your backyard and CNN, I'm looking at the CNN story. And they got great pictures of this lady, you know, tussling with the uh, with the sheriff's department. You know, they're trying to get to, they're trying to get the, the, the bees away. A buddy of mine uh, who uh, works for the uh, the sheriff's department is is right over there. He's he's looking to tussle, all to get the the bees away from this lady. Yeah, and so, so basically, what happened was this guy was getting evicted from his home. It wasn't her, or maybe she lived there. I don't know, but she was from Hadley, and she was in Longmeadow. Maybe she was just a friend of this guy. But this guy was being evicted, and then so, you know, there's protesters that show up to this home, and as the sheriff's department is trying to get these people out. Yeah. And then she shows up in the driveway with a bunch of beehives, and um, she lets them loose and says, oh, you're allergic? Good. You know, I understand that, you know, in a, in a, in a difficult time, like an eviction, uh, I mean, I understand that uh, you know, those are, my gosh, those are uh, you know, very emotional moments The when the sheriff's department shows up to get you out of your apartment. But once the bees are out of their hives, mm-hmm. once the bees have flown away and stung everybody they're going to sting, your friend is still being evicted, whether you like it or not, unless you're coming with a second round of bees. Yeah. And I don't know if this woman's got a second round of bees. Well, she is a beekeeper. I understand that. But she brought a lot of bees. I'm looking at uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, almost like like uh, nine hives, yeah, uh, hive boxes that she's got. Well, <laughs> you know, this this will only work one time, unless you got multiple boxes of bees. Yeah, that's true. You're only going to get one use out of the out of the attack. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's not a very well thought out plan. But yet, here she is. Hey, uh, you know, making national headlines. Congratulations. To you, what is her name again? Rory Susan Woods. Rory Susan Woods. Way to go, Rory. You're like a celebrity all of a sudden. Man, the beehive lady. You know what? If you run out of bees, hey, lady, where are you going? I'm going to get my ant farm. (laughs) (laughs) I got I'm going to get my betta fish. Yeah. I picked up this caterpillar the other day, too. Put it in a jar. Poked some holes in it. It's an attack caterpillar. Eventually, <laughs> it'll turn into right an now, attack animal. The, right now, it's in the pupa stage, but once it gets out of there, watch out. Yeah. You want to hear the uh, the news story from 22 News on how this whole thing happened? Uh, Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Allegedly yeah. using a... Sp- yeah, let's go back to the beginning. Okay. That's good. Right. Oh, wow. County Sheriff's deputies. 22 News reporter Alana Flood joins us live in Springfield with what provoked this attack. That's right. These sheriff deputies were conducting a court-ordered conviction when they were attacked by bees. 
last Wednesday morning, the Hamden County Sheriff's Department was at 49 Memory Lane in Longmeadow. They were serving a court-ordered eviction to the owner of the home. When they got there, deputies encountered a group of protesters. Shortly after, Rory Woods, 55, of Hadley, arrived with hives of bees on a trailer being pulled by her SUV. According to the Sheriff's Department, she donned a beekeeper suit and began working the lids to release the bees before the deputies intervened. Oh, I go to bed some nights and I can't sleep because we're worried about potential, you know, evictions that we have on our plate and the sadness and the children involved and the elderly person that we're, what are we going to do? And, uh, but never in my wildest dreams have I ever gone to bed at night wondering about, you know, what to do if there's going to be thousands of bees unloaded <laughs> on us. Chief Deputy Hoffman estimates hundreds of bees were released and several officers, some of whom are allergic, were stung. One was sent to the hospital. Woods was charged with multiple felonies, including assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. She was released without bail. Mm. And it looks like Woods was using the bees to stop the eviction. And as of now, the Hamden County Sheriff's Department is unaware of any relationship that Wood might have with the homeowner. Working for you live in downtown Springfield, Alana Flood, 22. Um, you know, I <laughs> first of all, I'm going to criticize 22 for not having like other production available for that story. They should have had, uh, you know, some buzz bee buzz sounds. Like the flight of the bumblebee. Well, there, there was like a dead silence in between that transition from when uh, Alana was was talking about going. You know, when they when they go to the story, when they go to the footage that R- they have, right? And there was nothing in between there. That transition should have had like, you know, like, <laughs> and then uh, Edwin McCain's "I'll Be." Get oh it? yeah, you know, there you go. Play that at yeah. the end. You know, or the Bobby Goldsboro's "Honey." That would yeah. have been a good one. Yes, very, very much so. <laughs> so, well, congratulations to Rory Susan Woods. There for, you go uh, for causing all kinds of causing the buzz over in Longmeadow, <laughs> making national headlines. Yeah, good Way for to go, you. lady. It's six twenty-two with Bax and Nagel on Rock One Hundred Two. Here's what's happening with Rock One Hundred Two. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 628. And the Foo Fighters in Rock 102. It's going to be sunny today with a high of 57. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 62. It's 35 right now in downtown Springfield. It's almost over. There you go. Now it's over. Uh, Scott Zolak joining us after 8 o'clock today. We'll be talking about some Patriot football. Steve's got all kinds of analysis he wants to share. Zoe! I don't know if we should be calling him that. I mean, it sounds kind of stupid when you. Some say people it like call that. him that, and yeah. that's like it's like you know it's like a nickname. But it's like you know, do we do we feel all that familiar no. with the guy? I don't think I'm familiar enough with the guy. Let's call him contractually obligated guest. <laughs> he's a little bit better than that, but he's still contractually well, obligated yes, to be on this show. There is that. Yeah. We have news coming up next. A Rock 102. Here's your 632. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102, it's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. UMass police continue to investigate after a student was hit by a car on Thursday night. That student has since been released from the hospital. However, at least two other students were hit by cars last semester. One of the victims in last semester's crashes died. All three happened on Massachusetts Avenue. The most recent crash happened at the crosswalk by Sunset Avenue. Sophomores Nicholas Berez and Alexa Rice uh, say many students go from the dorms to their classes in the area. And they say cars definitely have to be careful. A lot of cars do stop pretty early in the intersection, but some guys just run right through there pretty quickly. 
The driver in Thursday's crash was not a UMass student, receiving a citation for failing to stop for a person in the crosswalk. However, this most recent crash happened after the university made safety improvements to Massachusetts and the Commonwealth Avenues over the summer, including raised crosswalks and flashing lights to warn drivers about the intersection. That didn't really work. Not that time, no. UMass said both uh, improvements were based on a traffic safety consulting company's recommendations. UMass police noted the uh, weather last Thursday night included heavy rain and wind. You know, uh, you ever driven around there? Uh, I tried not to, but yes, I did. But you've driven around yes. there, and and you know how it is. Okay, so it's it's a heavily traveled road, and you got kids uh, crossing the street all the damn time, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Most people are walking. Right. Well, it's a combination of problems, I would think, that uh, makes something like this possible. Because you're like, well, how can so many, uh, you know, pedestrians be getting hit? Take a look around there sometime. Yeah. There's a lot of pedestrians, a lot of kids going from one place to another. You know, this whole idea of you have to stop for everybody in the crosswalk. Y- you Yes, you should. But the crosswalks should also have a signage and the ability for people to cross when it is safe to cross, when you have a lighting or something like that. Right. You know, these people just walk out in the middle of the intersection. Yes, I know people are supposed to stop for you, but some people just don't even look to see what's coming. And sometimes if if you're crossing that crosswalk, yeah. you know, without the uh, with the lights of the signs and you're you know getting into the crosswalk because of a like a car in front of the oncoming driver who may yeah. not see you. Yeah. You know, you're asking for trouble. You hear him here looking for trouble? Yes, I did. <laughs> What are you going to do? I'm going to go in that crosswalk over there and not even look both ways before I cross the street. That's some bad UMass stuff. You're damn right it is. Uh, A man was arrested on Tuesday afternoon following a search of Whip City Smokes in Westfield. According to the Westfield Police, uh, Tuesday on Tuesday, officers executed a search warrant at the business located at 43 Southwick Road. Inside, they seized THC vape cartridges, flavored nicotine sticks, vapes, and menthol cigarettes. Shafi Mohammed was arrested and arraigned in Westfield District Court uh, yesterday on charges of possession with intent to distribute a Class D substance and possession and distribution of flavored nicotine products. Whis, uh, Whip City Smokes is facing penalties from the Westfield Health Department for allegedly selling nicotine products to customers under the age of 21 and other license, uh, licensing relation violations. Westfield Police said this wasn't the first investigation regarding this store, and it has previously been looked into for allegedly selling THC vape products to minors. Uh, since approved into law in 2019, an act modernizing tobacco control prohibits retail stores to sell flavored nicotine products with a nicotine content of 35 milligrams per milliliter or less. It's all this technical stuff. He's not supposed to be selling it. Yeah. But you said the uh, the flavored cigarettes too, right? Yeah, he had everything. No, I'm not really a, I'm not a smoker. Uh, I'm a, I'm not even a toker. Are you a, no. I, I'm not smoker, a midnight joker, smoker or a, a midnight, midnight toker. toker. I'm none of those things. But, um, does, that, but that includes like the menthol cigarettes, right? You can't even get those around here anymore, right? No, you got to go right over the border into Connecticut to grab them. Oh, man. You know, if I wanted like a, you know, a big flavorful burn down my throat and esophagus, doesn't seem like you know, plausible for me to go all the way down to Connecticut to get my mentholated cigarettes. 
No, it doesn't seem plausible, uh, but it it is easy when somebody's illegally selling them out of a shop in <laughs> Westfield. It's like so much easier to do it that way. You well, know, this is this is what you create. You know how many places I go into, and I'm like, yeah, there's some shady stuff going on in here. Sure, like, you can tell that this place is selling like illegal stuff. But I just uh, I just want my scratch ticket and my uh, ten gallons of gas, please. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and and I can get some Lucy's too. Yeah, ooh. I'll have a fistful of those, please. Yeah, absolutely. How about some? Uh, how about some flavored uh, skull? How about some of that skull, that cherry skull? You know, I I know some people that uh, you know personally that uh, that that are smokers, mm-hmm. and they uh, they they always love the you know the, their menthol cigarettes, yeah. and how indignant they were that even though they lived one town over from the Connecticut border, how incensed they were that they had to be inconvenienced in this way. Well, because they probably spend more of their time in Massachusetts, and when uh, you get further and further away from the Connecticut border, it does make it more inconvenient, especially if you were a daily menthol smoker. If I were a one, two, three, four pack a a day smoker, I I would be outraged. I would be be at the state house with... With the uh, with torches and pitchforks, I'd be trying to you know you know change the law. That whole like banning of the flavor thing didn't do anything. You know, I, oh, we're trying to protect uh, kids and all this other stuff. You know how many alcohols have like, oh, this one tastes like Fruit Loops and this one tastes like whipped cream. Yeah. Like, where's the regulation on that? How come nobody's pulling the flavored vodkas from the shelf? Because that, if you want to talk about marketing towards kids. That's that's a perfect example of hey, trying to hook somebody in. Alcohol is every bit as deadly as cigarettes. Well, that's but that's what I mean. There's there's no dis, I guess discrepancy there's discrepancy it, only because it's it's tobacco. It's it's uh, it's uh, a system loaded with hypocrisy. Yes. You know the the difference between, you know, alcohol yeah. sales and cigarette sales and cannabis sales. I mean the it, it, the, the every bit of it with all the re- different regulations that each one of them have to face, and they're all different, mm-hmm. it's it's remarkable that anyone would bother to sell any of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I don't know. I just think there should be more emphasis on on other things too. If you're going to pick on the flavored tobacco, you should be including all the things that. I don't want them taking away my Fruit Loop flavored vodka. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you really want that to happen? No, no, I don't. You don't want that to happen, but you could care less if the uh, the Cheerios uh, Honey Nut Cheerio flavored cigarette. Is yeah, I got no, I got no issue with that. You ban that. Uh, Springfield. That, that's a scourge on society. Uh, here's some sad news. Springfield Fire Commissioner B.J. Calvey announced Wednesday the death of retired Springfield Fire Commissioner Aide uh, Dennis Ledger. Aide to Springfield Fire Commissioner. Spokesperson. Spokesperson. Uh, Den- De- Dennis Ledger. Um, Ledger served out of the Springfield Fire Department for 43 years. He was first appointed on June 13th of 1977 and assigned to Engine 10 Group D on North Main Street. Made Group C look like a yeah. bunch of volunteers. Ledger uh, later became the public information officer and commission a- commissioner aide for the last 20 years of his career. He retired in 2020 after a service-connected injury. Um you know, and the mayor released a very nice statement about this. Uh, my our, my condolences to Dennis Ledger's family. You know, all the years that we you know gave him guff. Yeah, but yeah, we but we had we, a, gave, we, we, we dealt with with him quite a lot over the years. Yeah, you know, he gave us a lot of information. You know, when when things were going on, and, and we always appreciated what he did. So yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. We all, everybody here at the station, and I'm sure everybody 
and local media, you know, wishes uh, his family well. But I, I do have to, uh, I do have to say, uh, the first encounter I had with Dennis was uh, there was something going on in the fire. I don't even remember what the story was about. And me being a producer of this show, I said uh, I was told go get him on the phone. So I called him, and the first thing he says out of his mouth is. What do those a-holes want now? <laughs> All right. Because it was something that was obviously causing some stress sure. within the department right. and whatever. I don't even know what the story was about. But, but. In, in all fairness, I'm pretty sure Ryan Walsh says the same thing whenever we're calling. What do those a-holes want now? Yes, but Ryan Walsh doesn't say it to your face or say it over the phone to you. He no. just might say it to himself. But it's, you know, now it's... But but that was that was my initial. Uh, uh, but but I saw him several times over the years at different events, and he was a very nice guy. And 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 you know, again, uh, our our condolences go go out to his family. But yeah. uh, that was uh, that was quite the uh, the introduction to somebody. <laughs> and I'm like, I think he's mad at us. No, he wasn't. Know. He wasn't mad at, at, at us at all. No, he was he's just, just like dealing with other things, and the last thing he felt like. Yeah. It felt like was dealing with us. Hey, I got I got to do an estimate on this front porch, and uh, you're bothering me with what you want information on things. <laughs> Listen, I'm in a long yeah. shift right now. I've been up all night. I don't want to talk to you guys. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 57. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 62. It's 35 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Dangle, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, oh, yeah. Football season. Rock 102. Oh, Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 651 and Bad Company with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Sunny with a high of 57 today. Sunny with a high of 62 tomorrow. It's 35 right now in downtown Springfield. I don't know if you you saw this. uh, Very sad news. The Springfield Parade of Big Balloons postponed because of a helium shortage. This is uh, now the third year in a row it will be postponed. This is a long-standing spirit of Springfield tradition. It goes back uh, dozens of years. I was uh, I was uh, I was hoping uh, maybe to get my own balloon. Now I got my name on a morning show. Uh, what about uh, what the big floating balloon down Main Street? There's not enough helium to fill you with. Yeah, see, that's the I problem. Guess that was the thing. That I was the reason. They and had you know, my new balloon. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. You know, there are, there are other uh, gases that are lighter than helium, but they're you know incredibly combustible, and so uh, you know Judy Matt doesn't feel. A need to be carrying, you know, uh, you know, combustibles Ooh, uh, down, you know, Main Street. Yeah, you don't want uh, you don't want the Hindenburg coming down in the middle of <laughs> Court Hind- Square. Yeah, the Hindenburg yeah. shaped like Steve Nagel. Oh my God, the humanity! <laughs> See, I think you make a great balloon or a float. That would be a. I think John Bayback would be the guy that would do that. Oh my God, the humanity! <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what he would do, right? Hey, uh, school's out in Palmer. Have, did you hear about this uh, you superintendent know, uh, debacle going on over there? I saw the headline and, and I forgot to I forgot to get into the story because it's it, it said you know the superintendent of Palmer mm-hmm. uh, creates what it was it a uh, hostile working environment. it was on a, it wasn't a, um it wasn't the phrase that they were using hostile work environment was oh reign of terror reign of terror a superintendent <laughs> of schools a yeah. reign of Terror. When, when somebody describes you as that, you might want to rethink about how you treat people at work. Uh, <laughs> parents, faculty, and concerned Palmer residents gathered for a school committee meeting Wednesday night after the superintendent of Palmer Public Schools resigned. That resignation of Superintendent 
Patricia Gardner came after a no-confidence vote from teachers and administrators in 2018 amid allegations of creating a hostile workplace environment. People uh, Wednesday said that they hope the uh, former superintendent is held accountable. Now, there's no details on anywhere of what she's accused of doing. But many people are saying, uh, you know, the PTA wrote, the district is being run with fear and intimidation from the central office. Mm. Uh, Our schools have become unsafe for students and staff. There are repeated assaults on students and staff with no follow-up from administration. That's one of the things that we've heard. But, again, there's no details on any of these specific incidents. In a letter to the school board committee, a woman alleges that Gardner has driven out several staff members from the school district due to her behavior, that she owns a gun and has allegedly sent photographs of it to community members and staff, and that she has a history of creating an abusive environment for the staff she worked with. Um, Palmer Police Chief Christopher Burns said he is not aware of any accusations made about Gardner sending photographs of a gun to community members or staff. He also stated that she is not facing any charges that he is aware of. Gardner told the Republican she is consulting with her lawyer uh, before considering making any public statements about the allegations. Yeah. It's Um, a reign of terror. She's got people so bugged out. There was, they, uh, they're like you know hiding under their desks when she comes into the office. I'm trying to find this. Uh, so she's making like $154,000 a year. Her contract was supposed to extend through June 30th of, of 2024, but with all this thing and now she's resigned, that's not going to happen. But there was this other piece in there, and I can't remember where I saw it in the article because <clears throat> uh, I lost it. It is... Oh, yeah. In January of 2017, Gardner abruptly resigned from her superintendent position in the Southbridge School District after only six months on the job. Uh, She reportedly left after attempting to blame mistakes made during the administration of the Massachusetts Comprehensive Assessment System test at the middle school and for a serious account of unprofessional behavior. She tried to blame um, the the MCAS results on what? Uh, She reportedly left after attempting to blame mistakes made during the administering of the MCAS tests at the middle school and for a serious... So something must have happened with the way the test was doled out. Or the numbers came back low and she didn't like it and tried to point fingers as to why that could possibly be. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but, uh, you know, you're only six months on the job and you quit that one and now you're, you know, you're trying to get... You're trying to... to Drag this out as long as you could. Yeah. Well, you know, um, when people are describing you as a as a, you know, creating a reign of terror and two now hostile work environment situations. Yeah. That's going to be Google search forever as far as uh, her career goes. Yeah, All you got to do is Google her. But she obviously got hired again. It wasn't like, you know, she she resigned abruptly from a job after six months and then gets hired again in Palmer. Yeah, right. But now as she moves on to another another part of her educational career, you wonder, hey, does anyone over there in that new school system know how to use the Googles? The reign of terror. <laughs> Jesus. It's pretty brutal. Hey, you know what? I spent uh, six and a half months of my life under a reign of terror at one time. And, sure. Uh, but I survived too. We all, she will as well. We'll all get past we, the we fire will. and the brimstone. Yeah, that's right. It's 657 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. <laughs> New England.
And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman, Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, here's something interesting. This week in the National Hockey League, they released a comprehensive report of the league's hiring practices throughout the game of hockey. That report, which was presented to the NHL Board of Governors, shows that based upon the hiring practices of each NHL franchise, the NHL has a substantial problem with diversity and inclusion. Like a really big problem. How big? Well, according to this study, 84% of the positions taken within the league are filled with white people. Now, I don't know if any of you folks happen to know any white people. I happen to have met a fair share in my day, and the truth is not all of them were qualified for the jobs that they were hired to do. And now the NHL is finding out what they probably already knew, and that is this. You got 84% white people, and then you got everybody else. According to the NHL 24-page Accelerating Diversity and Inclusion Report, they discovered that over just 4% of their positions were filled by Asians, 3.7% filled by African Americans, 3.7% filled by Latino or Hispanic, and 2.4% of the people refused to answer the damn question. The report also shows that 61% of the NHL workforce are men, 36% were women, and the remaining 3% said it was none of your damn business. Now, I should point out that I am not necessarily talking about the demographic or cultural breakdown of those who play in the NHL. I mean, diversity in the NHL should mean more than the American to Canadian to European player ratio. This study is about everybody else. So what does this information mean exactly? It means that the NHL is looking a little lopsided here right now. However, the fact that they spent the time, the money, and the effort to study themselves shows that they acknowledge that perhaps something isn't right and that maybe something should be done about it, which I credit them for since I don't know of too many other organizations that would even bother to look into something like this when maybe they should. But hey, end of my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Saturday morning, I'm heading to Agawam for the grand reopening of the Agawam Rockies Ace Hardware. Huge new tool department, new fishing department, new Carhartt shop, plus lots of great prizes and a ton of them. Stop by and say hi. Saturday at the Agawam Rockies. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 7-11 and Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be a nice day today. Sunny and a high of 57. And uh, tomorrow, sunny and a high of 62. It's 35 in downtown Springfield. Um, I uh, we, we talked a while ago about Larry David, the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm. They, they saved a guy from uh, being convicted of murder because he was actually on camera. They were trying, trying to get an alibi for this guy. And he's saying I was at a Dodgers game, and they're like, "No, you weren't. Uh, we, you were uh, you were in the murder scene and all this other stuff." Well, they wound up finding the footage of of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and they have a picture of that guy in yeah. the crowd, and he was uh, let off for the murder. Like he he didn't get convicted because Larry David saved him in his. In I hope they wrote that, a thank you note. I hope so too. That's the polite thing to do. I'd want to go hang out with Larry David, though, afterwards. Like, come on. Hey, I come don't on. know if I'd want to hang out. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to to say I've met Larry. We I mean, interviewed the guy, but do I really want to hang out with him? It, 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 uh, it's always something with that guy. Yeah. Well, TV has, uh, has helped again. Uh, back in 2007, John Galvin was about 21 years into a life sentence for a crime he didn't commit. When he saw something on the prison television he thought might finally help him prove his innocence and secure his freedom. 
a rerun of an episode of Discovery Channel's Mythbusters. The episode, Hollywood on Trial, which originally aired in 2005, sees the show's host Jamie Heineman and Adam Savage attempt to reproduce famous scenes and commonly used plot devices from Hollywood films with the goal of ascertaining their scientific validity. The pair and their team investigate whether a person can break down a door with four types of locks, whether a sinking ship like the Titanic can actually create a whirlpool, and whether a lit cigarette can actually ignite a pool of gasoline. And uh, it was the last of these questions that caught Mr. Galvin's interest. Back in September of 1986, a fire broke out in a two-flat apartment building in southwest Chicago, killing brothers Guadalupe and Julio Martinez. Their siblings, Blanca and Jorge, managed to escape the fire and told police that a female neighbor had threatened to burn the building down as retaliation for her own brother's death. The woman believed her brother had been killed by the street gang Latin Kings, of which Jorge may have been a member. When police questioned the, the woman, she denied any involvement and instead pointed to Mr. Galvin. Police also interviewed neighbors in the area, including Jose Ramirez and Rene Rodriguez, who alleged that Mr. Galvin, his brother, and the brother of Arthur Alamandez had been involved in starting the fire. Although Mr. Galvin had been asleep at his grandmother's the night of the fire and no other evidence indicated his involvement in that fire, police ultimately arrested him and his brother, as well as Aldo Menarez and his brother. Uh, Detective Victor Switsky, who led the interrogation, handcuffed Mr. Galvin to a wall and proceeded to intimidate and interrogate him for hours, pressuring the 18-year-old to implicate others in the crime in order for him to return home. Okay. Deceptive tactics, like offering leniency in exchange for a confession or falsely telling children they can go home if they confess, have been identified as risk factors for false confessions, and young people are especially vulnerable to falsely confessing as a result of these tactics. I can see that happening. Sure. You know, you're 18 years old, and you're like, hey, if you don't, uh, if you don't tell us what you did, we're going to throw you in jail. And then you admit to something you didn't even do because well, you just want to get home. Remember the uh, that series, Making a Murderer? Yeah. That Brendan Dassey? Yeah. They kind of did the same thing to him. Right. I mean, they were, I mean he, he was not a particularly you know, intelligent young man, but it, they were kind of feeding him information to, you know, manipulate the confession. And that right. was, and that's been the the whole argument about why he should be, why she, he should have been released. In uh, 2021, Illinois and Oregon became the first states to ban the use of deception during interrogations of minors. But at the time of Mr. Galvin's interrogation, deception could still legally be used in interrogations of youth. Unfortunately, deception remains legal in interrogations of adults in every state and can still be legally uh, be employed against youth youth in 46 states. When Mr. Galvin asserted his innocence, Detective Switsky beat him. Wow. Yeah. Through the walls, his older brother, Isaac, listened helplessly to the detectives yelling in John's cries. Since then, several other people have testified to being tortured by Detective Switsky and the other detectives who coerced confessions from John and Mr. Alda Morenes. Uh, they were telling him, hey, you're going to face the death penalty if uh, you don't do this. But in his cell, 39-year-old John watched the host of Mythbusters struggle repeatedly to ignite a pool of gasoline with a lit cigarette despite fervent attempts. Based on the ignition temperature of gasoline and the temperature range of a lit cigarette, the show's host had initially hypothesized that a lit cigarette might be able to ignite spilled gasoline as they had seen on TV and in movies. Hmm. But after several failed attempts to start a fire, including rolling a lit cigarette directly into a pool of gasoline, the team determined it was highly unlikely that dropping a cigarette into gasoline would cause a fire. And he and John says, there it was. Once I saw it, I couldn't wait to tell Tara, he said, referring to his attorney, Tara Thompson, who at the time had just taken on John's case at the Exoneration Project. 
Uh, she uh, continued to represent John when she joined the Innocence Project in 2021. John also later represented by the Exoneration Projects. Well, they're just naming all these people. Uh, he goes, I remember I was excited. I was extremely happy that just added to the other things that were coming together at the time. I thought, finally, this is all starting to come out. So it was basically, he didn't, there was uh, indicating that there was a cigarette and he smoked and, you know, he lit this this fire and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they have, they use this evidence in court to exonerate this man. That's actually pretty cool. That That is cool. You do wonder, though, I mean, because you, you hear these stories all the time, you know, people who have been convicted wrongly of of things. And, it, you know, and it could be any number of things that, that put them there. Uh, you know, the, maybe the investigation wasn't uh, done correctly. Maybe there's a political reason with uh, with the prosecutor's office that, uh, that, that that they're going after this particular suspect for a conviction. You just never really know. There's all kinds of different different things. But how many times do you hear about stories about evidence that was either not presented on, in, in court that would have exonerated somebody because it wasn't allowed in court or that you find out that your defense attorney decided not to go with certain evidence that would have cleared you and decided to go with a different tactic because yeah. for whatever reason the attorney didn't do their job? How many times do you hear those kinds of stories and the work it involved the work involved to get that information back in the court? To retry a case, that I yeah. mean, without without a, an organization like the Innocence Project, that becomes harder and harder to do. You know, they have the resources, or you know, they are working on having yeah. additional resources to make sure that doesn't happen to somebody. Yeah, it's it, and it's it's based on a, a you know financial situation. You know, this kid didn't this kid didn't have any money. He wasn't from a family of money. Yeah, he they, was appointed an attorney. Right. And when you get those appointed attorneys, they have so many other cases they're dealing with. They don't have the time and effort or the finances to put into your uh, your case, which kind of sucks. I mean, that's that's kind of the way of the world. Yeah. But uh, good fun. This guy, they they proved in court that that from that episode of MythBusters that a gasoline will not ignite by just throwing a lit cigarette in it, despite what you see on movies. That's what they said in the court. Really? That doesn't happen. Huh. The things I you learn. I wouldn't recommend going throwing a cigarette butt inside of a, a lit cigarette butt inside of a can of gasoline. No, I wouldn't do that either. Um, but it is pretty interesting. Science, man. <laughs> Science. Science! Now, I bet you if he had called Saul, you would never have seen a, a moment of jail time. Yeah, that's yeah, true. You better call Saul. Saul. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. Mythbusters saves the day. Unbelievable. It's a uh, 720 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. GG. 729 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Bank ESB, a local bank. They got convenient tools, smart banking technology, and personalized financial supports that set you on the right path. Unlock your potential at bankesb.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A man was arrested on Tuesday. Afternoon. Following a search of the Whip City Smokes in Westfield. According to the Westfield Police on Tuesday afternoon, officers executed a search warrant at the business located at 43 Southwick Road. Inside, they seized THC vape cartridges, flavored nicotine sticks and vapes, and menthol cigarettes. Good old menthol cigarettes. Yum, yum. 
I, uh, I, I, I've never had a menthol cigarette, so I wouldn't. Uh, what? I wouldn't, I've never. Eh, never. I, I, I think I smoked a cigarette once in my life. Well, yeah, but you have uh, asthma too, so you wouldn't. Well, I mean, uh, I wouldn't technically yeah. smoke a cigarette. No, no, but uh, but so I don't know the uh, the pure, cool enjoyment of a, a mentholated cigarette or a cool. K O O L. Yeah, those I do. Oh yeah, those yeah, good stuff. Oh yeah. Remember they used to send those in the mail. You remember that they used to send <laughs> cigarettes. That's how I got hooked on smoking. Was because well, first of all, my parents smoked like chimneys. Right. And then uh, you know one of my buddies was like, "Hey man, you get a buzz if you smoke one of these things." So we did. You know, and then we're like, "Wow, I can't get enough of this stuff." It was yeah. like kind of like. Uh, the the tamaco plant on the Simpsons where they started eating the <laughs> tomatoes and the nicotine right and then uh, so you know uh, I would sneak cigarettes from my parents all the time because they smoked so much they didn't know any were missing see my mom used to smoke cigarettes and yeah. my dad used to smoke a pipe mm-hmm. but I never felt like hey you know what would be really cool if I grab one of my dad's pipe yeah. and filled him with a bunch of Borkum Riff and see how it goes yeah there you go yeah. I never did that. Uh, and I would I would go and fill out, like, in a magazine, you'd find, like, an offer for some kind of, like, sample cigarettes, like Moors. Oh, yeah. 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 The two-by-four of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> I seem to recall them being sent in the mail, but it was like, yeah. it was like a small pack yeah, it was of, like, like, it was a like sam- four or six or yeah, whatever. It was, it was a sample pack. It was like one-fourth of a pack. They'd send you five cigarettes. Yeah, a good you know? a good uh, addicted smoker would never let that kind of thing you know go to waste. And uh, you, get, you get free cigarettes in the mail. You're using them. Hey, I'd uh, I'd show up at those uh, high school parties. Hey, man, look what I scored. I got five moors, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got five Benson and Hedges from my mom. Yeah, my friend's mother used to smoke those, the Benson and Hedges. Just piles and piles of ashes, ashtrays yeah. filled around their home, and we would uh, we would take those and we would smoke the 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 unfinished ones that she didn't smoke. I had an ex girlfriend whose yeah. uh, mom would smoke those Saratogas. They're like super thin, oh, yeah. C- yeah. like cigars, right? And, and you know the the ashtray was always overloaded. Like nobody in the house was allowed to touch that ashtray. My my dad used to smoke in the car with the windows rolled up. My dad used what to do that with hell? his pipe. What is that all about? I don't know. But okay, did- a pipe I could I could handle. A pipe I could say okay. At least there's some aromatic yeah uh, you know, I, thing I, to it. The the cigarette was is never really a. a it's not a good smelling thing. No, it's not. Although uh, I don't know, I don't know if you, you experienced this in your father's car, but. Uh, because my dad would smoke his pipe in the car, yeah. the uh, the fabric of the top of his <laughs> yeah. car was all discolored gray and black. But did it also, like in my dad's uh, sight, it, it also had marks because he would like scratch the top of his head while holding the cigarette and every once in a while that would hit the top <laughs> of the car. So then there was this big like like black mark yeah like just like a like a skid mark a cigarette that's skid exa- mark. That's exactly right yeah. Well, uh, anyway, uh, Whip City Smokes is facing penalties from the Westfield Health Department for allegedly selling nicotine products to customers under the age of 21 and other licensing relation uh, violations. Westfield Police said this is not the first investigation regarding this store, and it has been previously looked into for allegedly selling THC vape products to minors. Uh, As of June of 2020, the sale of flavored uh, combustible cigarettes, menthol cigarettes, and flavored chewing tobacco is restricted to licensed smoking bars sold only uh, for on-site consumption. I've never seen a chew bar. (laughs) 
That would be the last place I'd go looking for a date. You know what? That would actually be probably uh, one of those things, like like a novelty uh, thing that you could have for your business. A chew, a like, chew night. Let, let's bring back the spittoon. <laughs> and every, all you got a bunch of guys sitting around drinking beers and they're spitting chew tobacco into the spittoon all together. You had a ladies' night at the spittoon bar. Well, hey, you never know. That's a high-level class abroad. Well, yeah, I don't really, I don't think I've known any woman. No, I don't know of a single woman that's, that, uh, that's been dipping shoe. 293-1021, if you're a woman who's chewed tobacco, uh, let us know. I tried, I tried that once, and I wanted to, to immediately vomit. The, uh, like, the chewing tobacco? Oh, yeah, no. So we uh, we did it. Uh, I was probably like 14 or 15, and we would, you know, my friend would steal it from the from the local store. <laughs> He'd yeah. go steal, like, cans and cans of skull. Yeah. And then we'd, like, sit out on the playground at uh, recess and, and- Have a chew. Have a, have a chew. That's yeah. what the holidays were all about, sitting Good. around chewing tobacco. Good friends having a chew. And I remember- uh, I had a big wad of like this chewing tobacco spit in my mouth, and my my friend uh, my friend Kenny, my my good friend Kenny, was yeah. sitting next to me uh, on the grass. And uh, in order to hide the fact that you were spitting tobacco out of your mouth, right? We would like hide our head, and and he was wearing these really nice, uh, really nice um, pants, uh, shorts. It was like a nice uh, summer June day, or okay. almost summer. And uh, he was wearing these pants on the hill at school, and I did this spit, and it got all over his. Oh uh, yeah. His, but he didn't know. So it looked. And like, he didn't know oh, until no. he got into school, and everybody was like, "Ah, oh, look at that! He just, uh, he just <laughs> had an accident got a on himself." In his pants. Yeah. I had a friend of mine in high school. His kid Lance. Lance. Uh, Lance used to do uh, the chew in high school. And he always, you know, whenever he could, big fat, you know, cheek just loaded with red man or yeah. or the skull bandits or what? Not not the bandits because those are always contained. But he always had, always had chew in his mouth. Did Lance drive like a 1977 Dodge Charger around and uh, wear sunglasses and had a mullet? Um, no, he he did not uh, have any of those things that uh, that I recall. But one of the things that Lance used to do is that uh, when Lance needed to spit. It was mm-hmm. either in a cup, yeah, or it's somebody else. <laughs> That's disgusting. And one night That's... we were we were having uh, we were out with a bunch of buddies of mine, probably five of us sitting around this uh, this pizza shop, and Lance just thought it would be hilarious to spit his big wad of chew <clears throat> right at me. It's so gross. And it and it, and it did. And this thing, I, you know, I, I, you you got to give him credit. He was almost yeah. like a craftsman. He was so good at it. He had that thing loft to such a way where it hit me right in the forehead and dripped all over my shirt and my face. That's disgusting. It was gross, but you know, how do you how do you not laugh when a guy is that talented at spitting a wad of chew in someone's face? That is probably one of the grossest things I could think of yeah, happening. It, to it was it was it was gross, but you know, you did laugh at it. Because not only do you have somebody else's uh, spit, it's you also have that substance within the spit. Yeah, well, it would violate some level of social distancing today. You, but, ever, uh, you ever spill a French vanilla coffee in your car? <laughs> yes, I have. That thing is going to smell like that for weeks. weeks. And it's almost like you're never going to get the smell of uh, mint skull out of your nostrils. <laughs> 
And and I wound up, you know, I did that probably for maybe a year, you know, on and off with, with the chewing tobacco. Right. And then when your lip starts, like, rem- being removed from the inside with no effort... <laughs> Like you'd pull out these big wads of skin. Yeah, in your, in that's when that's when you're doing it too much. See, that would have been the time to analyze that under the microscope at school. Did you ever do that? Did they ever tell you to do the cheek thing where you swab, swab your yeah. cheek and then you put it under the microscope and you, or you put it in the petri dish or whatever? You know, that <laughs> watch the bacteria grow on it. Yeah. Look at all these cancer cells that came from Lance's mouth. There was always the urban legend about another girl at another school. Who did that? Oh yeah, and they found out uh, that she just did something to another kid over oh, at another I know. school. I know. Oh, and guess what? When they put it under the microphone or the microscope, you wouldn't believe what they found in there, man. Stuff was swimming around all in that. Yeah, that thing. it was crazy. <laughs> that was like that was like the. It initial, looked like one of the old black and white cartoons. You know, we talk about fake news a lot. That was that was like the fake news. Yeah. Was the was the rumors going around from nobody at your school that did that? It was always somebody. Oh, there was a you know. It was we always used to reference West Jenny High West Genesee High School. Oh, this chick from West Jenny, man. She put that she put that cheek thing under the microscope. Mm-hmm. She's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, oh. West Springfield Animal Control is looking for the public's help in locating the owner of a ball python found at Mittenegg Park. Don't they usually come in pairs? I, I would think so. <laughs> According to the West Springfield Animal Control on Facebook, the ball python is someone's pet, and they are looking for information on how it ended up in the park. Mit, is it Mittenegg or Mittenegg? Sure. I always thought it was Mittenegg. It's that park in West Springfield. Right. Uh, located at 1695 Westfield Street. That's probably more... Now, um, was uh, this person potentially taking the snake out for a drag? Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, just dragging it along the grass. Because I would think it would get loose from its leash. Yeah, actually, uh, it was enjoying some tea. <laughs> really? Yeah, huh. python tea. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, the ball python gets its name from rolling itself into a ball when threatened. Oh, I do that, too. It's usually, it's usually called the fetal position. They are not venomous and can grow to be six feet long. Yeah, they're not venomous, but they can swallow your dog. Like, <laughs> they're making it sound like yeah. it's this harmless thing running around the park. Uh, oh, yeah, don't worry. It doesn't bite, and yeah. uh, there's no poison inside of it. But it will suck all your blood out of your system. Yes. That's okay, but no coagulants. Yeah. It can consume a Volvo, but you shouldn't be worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no thanks. I don't need a, I don't need a ball python in my house. Uh, parents, faculty, and concerned Palmer residents gathered for a school committee meeting Wednesday night after the superintendent of Palmer Public Schools resigned. The resignation of Superintendent Patricia Gardner came after a no-confidence vote from teachers and administrators in 2018. Wouldn't amid- that have been like four years ago? Yes, it would. Hey, look at you with the math. Enough for an entire high school class to graduate from Palmer High School? Amid allegations. And and how many how many bomb threats is that? that? That's how you measure your time over at Palmer. You don't measure in years. I'd you measure in how many bomb threats you at have. At least thirty seven. Yeah, thirty. I, I survived thirty seven bomb threats at that school. And yet she's the one creating a quote unquote reign of terror. There's uh, allegations of creating a hostile workplace environment. People Wednesday night said they hope that the former superintendent is held accountable. 
Dozens gathered at Palmer High School Library to voice their concerns and complaints against Superintendent Patricia Gardner, who in, who uh, tendered her resignation last month. Her resignation comes after the members of the Palmer uh, Teachers Association signed a letter of no confidence on Gardner several years ago when the school committee received complaints about her behavior and treatment towards school district staff and students, many angry at the school district district for allowing that behavior to take place. Uh, Elaine Fuller, a retired teacher for Palmer School, says pages of documentation of bullying by the superintendent, wrongdoings and lies and hostile work environment, it goes on and on, and the school committee ignored it. They brushed it under the rug and renewed her contract, and the school committee is still doing the same thing and refusing to let us talk because we're not Palmer residents. Former teachers at Wednesday night's uh, meeting say that Superintendent Gardner had allegedly driven and bullied many of them out of the school and into retirement. That's it. I can't take this. I can't take her anymore. You know, when you're working in a hostile uh, work environment, you know, it, it kind of, uh, it winds up superseding large parts of your of your life yeah. like you bring that home with you she uh she allegedly sent pictures she told people she had a gun and then she allegedly sent pictures of that gun to uh, other staff members <laughs> which i don't unless right. you're threatening somebody that technically isn't illegal i mean people no, share it pictures wouldn't be, of guns it, all the time with everybody it wouldn't be illegal but you have to establish some level of intent why did she send these pictures you know, at least in Chicopee, with their superintendent of school, she wouldn't send him pictures of no gun. No, no, well. That you know. There was one in the holster. Oh, she had a holster. Oh, yeah, yeah. she did. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she liked to get around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen, uh, what are you going to do? Hey, but, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make up some stuff. How do you have like a, like a, like a no-confidence <laughs> vote? You lose the no-confidence vote, and no one does jack squat for four years. How does I, that happen? I don't know. And I don't know if it's like, you know, people who are friends with her or, you know, you know, there there's seemingly that happens all over the country with with, you know, people who don't belong in their jobs continue to hold their jobs yeah. because committees don't want to do their job and saying, OK, maybe we should take a look at this uh, person again. I think what it boils down to is uh, school departments, including like a school, you know, like a you know, the people on the school board, the last thing they want is to be dragged into a courtroom. Mm-hmm. And if you fire somebody based on a no confidence vote, unless you've got definitive proof that their behavior is inappropriate and you got proof of this, they don't want to be dragged into court. No. That's the primary reason why these things happen. Now, Lynn Clark liked to be dragged, but not in a courtroom. Right, exactly. That's different. Check out these toll booth pictures we got. <laughs> Me and my lover. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today. Going to be sunny with a high of 57. Uh, tomorrow, the same for tomorrow with a high of 62. It is 36 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. When it comes to choosing a roofing contractor, you have many choices. And as a homeowner, it can be very confusing who to choose and who to trust. Springfield's Classic Rock, 751 and Cheap Trick with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be a nice sunny day today with a high of 57. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 62. Looking at 36 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, check out the Daily Podcast. to be available after 10 o'clock this morning on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and on rock102.com. Also check out Baxi's musical podcast. My guest this week has been Fee Wable from The Tubes. And then next week, I'll be talking to author Mark Wasserman. 
the author of a book called Ska Boom. It's an, uh, an oral history of American ska music. It's actually a really interesting book, and that'll be available Monday on rock102.com. The only word I heard of that was oral. Yeah, I know. I know that's, that, 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 that's the why I chose to say it, because I knew it would leap right out at you. Well, let me have you listen to some of my little things then. I'm ready. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Nice short and sweet. Like yeah, that's that. all you need, man. That's all uh, you need. Clip number one. A woman hiking alone in uh, Caprock Canyon State Park in Texas was filming a small herd of bison when suddenly... Uh, Ever heard of bison? Huh? Ever heard of bison? What was that? Was it supposed to be something? No, I'm just saying. A herd of bison? Yeah. No. You said a herd of bison. I said, have you ever heard of bison? Oh, I've heard of bison. I'm just making sure. That was a poorly executed joke. Anyway, go on. You just interrupted uh, this whole thing, and now the whole thing, I'm not going to play it for you now. Come on now. No, come on. Don't be that way. I'm not going to play it. Come on now. All right. Anyway, uh, one of them suddenly charged and gored her. Just wait for it. All right. There you go. Keep going. I don't want to deal with them. I just want to go by. The, come on, keep going. I just want to get by, okay? Thank you. I appreciate it. Didn't want to go through the bushes again. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Penetrated right there yeah, in the woods. Right there in the woods. You got Gord. She's okay. She's yeah. going to be okay. Thank goodness for that. What's the whole idea? You're walking away and they're like, oh, it's okay, little bison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to yes. clip number two. Uh, a woman on TikTok is claiming that her nipple broke off while her child was nursing, causing him to choke. Here it is, broke off? I guess so. All right. Here is uh, Brooke So Basic explaining what happened. Felt really positive. The baby's gaining weight until I noticed the latch was not so good. My nipple started to turn black at the base and white at the tip. That's a signal for bad blood flow. That's some dead tissue. I latched my baby boy on, he's nursing, and he stops. I'm looking down, he's kind of choking. My nipple broke off, and he had it in his mouth. Okay. If your nipple is black, yeah. what would possess you to have your child latch onto a uh, distorted nipple? Steve, I'm going on a limb here. And again, I'm, I'm not a medical doctor. Uh, all that, I don't even know that much about the human anatomy, never mind the female anatomy, but... If you've got a black nipple, mm-hmm. couldn't you put the baby on another nipple that is not so black and diseased? Uh, I don't know. Maybe some. Maybe uh, maybe she was only used to this one particular nipple. But Ooh. even so, why would you do that? Oh, yeah, here's why. Listen, uh, my sweet little precious baby, um, my nipple is deformed. Uh, blackened. Mm-hmm. Uh, something is wrong with it. But I should go to a doctor. However, for clout reasons, I'm going to feed you and have you choke on the dead skin in order for me to gain followers on TikTok. Well, <laughs> success. There you go. There you have it. Uh, did you know Cookie... Uh, going on to clip number three now. Did you know that Cookie Monster has a first name? 
I did not know that. You didn't? No. Uh, Cookie Monster from Sesame Street has a first name. He recently tweeted that his name is Sid, and it uh, made people start scratching their heads going, what are you talking about? I never heard uh, him say his name was Sid. Well, there's a 2004 song where he sings about it. The first time he eat cookie, when he was very small, he had never ever tasted cookie at all. He was just a mild-mannered little kid. In fact, back then, me think my name was Sid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, his name is Sid. Huh. Sid, is it Sid Cookie Monster, or is I, it just Sid Monster and Cookie is a nickname? I, I, that's a good question. I, You know, it, it's taken how many years, 60, 50, 60 years to figure out that the... Uh, there was a name to this? Yeah. You remember a uh, time he was freebasing cookie dough in the bathroom stall? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. Hey, close the door, man. Close the door. <laughs> uh, and there you go. That is now here. This uh, It is uh, 757 with Bax and Nagel at Rock 102. New Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 810. And the Rolling Stones with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Going to be uh, sunny with a high of 57 today and sunny with a high of 62 tomorrow. It is 36 in downtown Springfield. Scott Zolak brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the National Football League. How you doing, Scott? Good morning, guys. Get Looks- that read right. we got to make sure we get some Bud Light props. That's yeah, it. That's right. Yes. And uh, the bats are alive at Gillette Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the team's making a comeback. Yeah, well, we'll bottom, see about that. Uh, bottom of the uh, ninth quarter last week. Uh, yeah, no, no, not, no, not quite. Right, right, right. Hey, I got to ask you this because it just, there's there's a couple of big things that are that are brewing around uh, the Patriots right now. One, you had Mac Jones play a real solid game last week, and I know that Mac Jones is 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 trying to heal. There appears to be some. There may possibly be some sort of. Uh, issues between some frustration between him and the team and the team against him is are we building to the point now where this is this could potentially be a legitimate quarterback controversy between Zappy and and Mac Jones I, I don't think it is one right now but can, can you get to it yeah absolutely anything can really happen I just think that you know there's obviously a lot of excitement around what Bailey's been able to do for two games and three quarters, you know, going back to that Green Bay game when that was really his first game dressing out. And that's a lot of noise on the outside. I think that's for fans, for talk show hosts, for radio guys like us. Uh, that's all fun stuff. But it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what, what Bill Belichick thinks. And right. he's the guy ultimately going to make the decision. And I know there's a report out there that Max somewhere around 85 90%. Now, to me, that's not full health. So what it does is it gives the coach the luxury – to say, let's make sure you're right when you come back because it's a tricky injury. I've talked about this injury with you guys. You could re-injure this thing and be out another seven weeks yeah. just by somebody falling on your leg. Um, so why turn the apple cart over if it's if it's rolling pretty good right now? Get another week against the Bears with Zappi and then start Mac against the Jets if he could be ready. So what? I don't know if you've seen this uh, this story. This was going around a little bit yesterday, too, that there's some frustration about Mac Jones and him not taking the medical advice given to him by the team. Do you, I mean, do you know anything about that? I mean, is, is there any relevance to that? No, I think, I think there's a local writer that ran with the DM that was sort of a setup. Uh, it's all over Barstool. Um, uh, I don't. I don't believe anything I hear. You know, it's like, hey, a source says he's upset. I, I know all these guys. I see him. I think they get along well. 
Now, I think when they were installing this stuff back in the summer, Mac wanted to know, well, why are we doing this compared to how we did it a year ago? And that's that's normal. You're the quarterback. You should. Why are we changing this? Right. And how are we going to improve? How are we going to improve this? That doesn't mean he's upset. That's just a, it's an inquiring kid. You got kids at home. They ask ask questions. They they, they want to know why. And there's nothing wrong with them wanting to know why. Well, I mean, you you know what it's like to deal with a 24 year old kid. <laughs> they just oh. they don't want to listen. These kids today. No, like, I need money, Dad. <laughs> yeah, go make go make some. My kids want to know why I don't know so much about football yeah. after talking to sportscasters for 18 years. It's a question so we're all asking. We do this interview once a week, and you know better than football, your kid. So how come uh, Bill Belichick is treating uh, the Bears like they're the 85 Bears, you know? Probably because inside he doesn't think that much of them. It's like the Lou Holtz speech. Oh, it's a Nebraska team of 1984. Yeah. Um, you prop your opponent up. You, the National Football League, you disrespect no one. Um, for him to lay his guard, lie his guard down, let it, you know, it's sort of take it easy. That's a bad sign through the team. He wants the team to be ready to go. Anybody can beat anybody, man. Um, you know, at some point the Bears are going to start popping people. I don't know when. They're struggling. Uh, Justin Fields isn't playing well. He's kind of nicked up. And uh, they really don't have high-end talent. So they're in a tough spot right yeah. now, and they got to come here on a Monday night. Yeah. Hey, uh, the Bears stink. Uh, I know it. You know it. Uh, Las Vegas knows it. The yep. Patriots are the biggest uh, league's the largest Week 7 favorite at eight points. Belichick, however, will never admit that he knows it. That's my heated argument. <laughs> to you wow, good for you, man. Yeah, That's real you. spot on. <laughs> He's probably like secretly like this big gambler, and he's got four websites up. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got college funds on this game. He went in. He embarked on a seven minute and twenty eight second one thousand and three word thing about the impressive town of the Bears. What is what? What's wrong that's with Bill. him? That's Bill. Well, that's you got to understand too. There's history there. His dad used to hang around Coach Alice back in the day, and Bill was in that locker room when he was a kid. So Bill gets a little sentimental when he's talking about some of these teams like the Bears, the Lions, where he got his first job. Right. Uh, so we'll get a little more love than the, than the normal team. But he, and he's, I mean, he's never going to ex, you know extend his hand and and give any team any other reason to be you know motivated to to to, to beat him. I mean, he's 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 placed his cards way too close to the to the chest every single time. At least he's consistent. Yeah, and it's it's bulletin board material too. Yeah. Like, you don't need extra motivation to play this game, and if you give it to them, that's your problem. I know you uh, you, you you tweeted uh, yesterday this uh, about this a little dust up between Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones at the uh, the owners meeting. Obviously, they they got together this week there to vote on whether or not they were going to negotiate with Roger Goodell for a new contract because the poor guy's got a two hundred million dollar contract and two years left on it. I don't know how he's making ends meet, but uh, apparently there were some uh, some. Pretty harsh words exchanged by Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. What what do you know about this? I think Jerry's crazy, and he's the lone guy to open up the negotiations. I mean, Jerry may have a point if it was like 14 to 18 and somewhere. I mean, the vote was 32 to 1 to reopen negotiations with Cadell, and Jerry's the only rogue one that didn't vote. But could you imagine that, though? 30-some billionaires in one boardroom. I was talking on our show yesterday, like, what do you even feed them? Like, what what, what kind of cheese spreads out? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's not chips and onion dip, right? Uh, it's got to be, 
It's got to be bubbly water. It can't be flat water. And you can just see these two old guys yelling at each other. It's like at a family dinner at Christmas. One <laughs> uncle gets in a fight with the other. And it's just, yeah. well, I bet it woke the room up. Oh, I'm I'm sure it did, but I think in a, in a throwdown, uh, I I'd probably give Mr. Kraft you know the the edge only because I think his center of balance is better than than Jerry's. Kraft would take him down in a second. Jerry's too old. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry will take a hit out on you though. You gotta watch him. Oh, oh know, I'm man, sure. I got all. I, yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, down I, here in Texas, we. <laughs> Well, I'm sure everybody is is all tense in in this order meeting. You never never mind what's going on with Goodell's contract, but you know everyone's talking about you know Dan Snyder from uh, from Washington, and you know and and what to do with this, and and the fact that he's threatening that he's got all this dirt on all the other owners and Roger Goodell. You know, obviously Jerry Jones in the past has been supportive of Dan Snyder, but even now he's starting to kind of retract that a little bit and said, "I'm not so sure we can protect a guy like this." I have yeah, to. Be- I have funny. to believe. I have to believe that the, what's going on with Snyder is fueling some of the animosity and frustration in these kinds of meetings. Yeah, I think it has to be because for all people to speak out, it's Jim Irsay who's got more skeletons in his closet. I mean, we know about the pills, the addiction, the money in the briefcase, the woman dying in an apartment. Like, imagine what else they know about Irsay. But he's like, "Hey, man, let's go. Uh, open it up on me. I don't care. We got to get him out." This is the most colorful owners' meetings we've had in probably twenty years. Easy, you know, and they they all want them out, and Bezos wants to buy the team. You know that's going to happen. Well, you know the thing is, um, when you look at all the things that Snyder's being accused of, you know, everything from you know the the sexual uh, the, the, the 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 sexual problems that that are going on in the office, the hostile work environment, the financial irresponsibility, all of these things. Yeah, they have apparently they have enough votes to remove him, and it you know it, it, something is going to give. Maybe not you know today or tomorrow, but I got to believe that Dan Snyder is not long for the NFL. Yeah, you need twenty four votes to out the owner, and that's it. Like who are the other eight going to be that that didn't want him? That's what, that's what people are going to talk about. Yeah, it's probably going to take a while because you know lawsuits are going to come. You know how long this thing's going to drag out, but. You know, the guy wasn't in the building last year. He kind of still went to games. It was a weird situation. The wife was part of the team. I don't know. The guy The guy just seems like bad things follow him. And it's not good. It's not good for publicity. The stadium's a dump. It's a bad area. That team needs to be in downtown D.C. And they're in Landover, Mar- Landover Maryland in a dump. Yeah. So next week uh, we got uh, the, the first of two games in, in three weeks with the, the New York Jets, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it uh, your next week, but at the beginning of the season, we saw the Jets, you know, almost in back-to-back games, and thinking, "Wow, oh, that that'd be an easy win." Uh, the Jets are playing really, really good right now. Those are not the cupcake uh, cupcakes on the schedule that we were hoping for. Though those could be tough games. They, they can be. You know, the, the quarterback Zach Wilson's playing better. They got a really good defense. Uh, Sal has done a nice job with them. A lot of high draft picks. Uh, Sauce Gardner, the corner. I'm anxious to see him, see how he covers. So we should have some fun in that game. A lot of rookies playing in that game, us and them. So we'll talk about that more next week. Hey, Scott, just uh, one more question. Did you uh, did you get invited to the kickoff and a touchdown party last Friday in New York City? I did, I did not. You did not? I did not. That list was very exclusive and uh, tight. Oh, so I was going to say. Very 
I was gonna say that. Like, how do you? How do you? How's Bob Kraft surprise everybody? That he's getting married. He's just he's like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, I told you this was a party, but it's a real big party. I'm getting married, everybody. I don't know how. I don't know how you had to do that and and not not tell the current guys that went. The current guys had to be told, hey, it's Mr. Kraft's wedding. Get on a plane. We'll fly you right back. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, Be- Belichick didn't show up, and and for good reason, because you know he uh, was busy. Yeah, and I don't think Bo- I don't think Bob Kraft would have any uh, opposition to that. Going, hey, this guy's working his butt off for me. Uh, yeah, he 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 can he cannot come to my wedding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're two and three at that point, desperate to get a win against Cleveland to get the five hundred. It's better you get the football team ready. You got a third team quarterback plan. Didn't line up well for Bill to be down there and miss miss, a, miss some studying film on a Friday night. Well, I, I, I guess you, I've been scouring the Bed Bath and Beyond bridal registry. I haven't yeah. seen their names yeah. on it yet. They don't like that. Just cash, man. Yeah. Just cash. <laughs> I'm sure there was. Good, I'm sure there was a good charcuterie board. Oh, I'm sure too. there was a very yeah. good spread. Scott Zolak brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the NFL. Scott, good to talk to you. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right, see you, Western Mass. Talk then. All right, Scott Zolak, day 22 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Hey, everybody, it's Bax. Join me for Rock 102's Halloween celebration at the Rumble Seat Bar and Grill in Chicopee on Saturday. You buy Gary Rome Hyundai. Gary Rome will pay you more for your car, whether you trade it or not. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The Palmer School Committee on Wednesday formally appointed Colleen Culligan, the district's director of student services, as interim superintendent until an acting superintendent is appointed. Aren't you technically the acting superintendent if you're acting to be the interim actor? Well, it's possible that the interim superintendent could become the acting superintendent Uh, uh. until a superintendent stops acting and becomes a real superintendent. It sounds like the one they had was acting a lot of different things. Well, she was acting out a reign of terror. Uh, she had principals hiding under their desk, quivering in the fetal position. Yeah, there was some uh, there was some uh, little allegations against her. Committee Chair Bonnie Rathbone said the action approved in a unanimous vote was taken as an emergency step in the process of finding a new superintendent to secede uh, Patricia Gardner. The State Department of Elementary and Secondary Education requires a licensed individual to act as superintendent at all times. The uh, plan is for Culligan to lead the school district until an acting superintendent is named, hopefully in about a month's time. With an acting school chief in place, the school board will not need to rush to fill the position on a permanent basis. Uh, She said uh, discussions on a labor contract with interim superintendent will happen soon. Mm. Former Superintendent Gardner, who was hired in January of 2016, departed from the district on October 4th. She's using a crude leave time through the end of this month and will be taking a new job on November 1st. She submitted her resignation last month. Gardner's contract, under which she was earning $154,000 a year. It's a good paying gig. That is a good paying gig. As uh, news of her departure circulated over the past 10 days, so too did a firestorm of criticisms lodged against her in a two-page dossier. Dossier. A dossier. Dossier. You can kiss my dossier. That would be be a derriere. Derriere. Uh, Alleging 25 problems and circulated to news media outlets to the school committee and in a public uh, under the name of Tabitha Stone. I would like to know exactly, other than the uh, the pictures of the guns, what's going on over there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is it just the pictures of the guns, or was she like... No, uh, they, know, it sounds like there was uh, there's allegations of uh, harassment, uh, intimidation, mm-hmm. um, making people scared of things, fear and intimidation. Right. 
What did you say that article said? The reign of terror. Reign, the reign of, of terror, terror is over. I'm going to tell you, uh, if you're working for someone that has you in fits of terror, might be time to might be time to look for a new gig. Uh, yeah. Every school system's looking for new people. Uh, the school committee uh, convened behind closed doors on October 5th to discuss the complaints. Gardner opted not to attend that meeting. At Wednesday's meeting, Rathbone uh, told those in attendance that it, this, the committee's rules forbid discussion of any particular individual. We cannot talk about the former superintendent. We are not going to be talking about personnel. During uh, public comment, a mother of a second grader said her son was bullied on a bus last fall. The mother said the bully tried to suffocate her son with her boy's own hat and slammed his head against the wall. The mother said that, dis- that despite notifying the school, nothing was done at once, and that the bus driver tried to dissuade her from reporting the matter, and this went on for an entire month. I was begged by the bus driver not to report it. She also said the remedial plan was for the bully to sit in front of the bus and said that they that only lasted for one day. The woman uh, was among a half a dozen people who addressed the committee during the public comment. Those commenting were repeatedly admonished by Rathbone not to mention any names, prompting one parent to tell her, then how are we supposed to talk about this with you? That does seem kind of, you know, if you're telling people, hey, we can't talk about any of this. Mm-hmm. How are the concerns supposed to be addressed? Well, sometimes don't, they don't want to hear your concerns. So Maybe your, their, your concerns is of no concern to them. So it sounds like not just these allegations of harassment, but also uh, negligence. Allegations of negligence. Like nobody's doing anything about these incidents that people are bringing up. Well, listen, everyone, everyone uh, who has a kid in a school system, if some, if the kid is punished for something, there's always a party that say, "Well, not my little angel. You know, my little, my little adorable little, uh, little uh, spawn would never possibly do those things." But when you have allegations of intimidation yeah. and hostility towards employees, and those same employees have also uh, given you a vote of no confidence mm-hmm. of which nothing was done <laughs> for four years, then it seems to me there's probably a systemic issue going on in that school system that she may have created as a yeah. result of her behavior. So, I mean, to, I mean, this is like a combination of things. I mean, just a couple of parent complaints wouldn't be enough to remove a superintendent, if- but everything else combined. No. And for four years, she was so nice. Lord, she would love a dummy. Well, now look what's happened. Your reign of terror has come to an end. Well, that don't confront me as long as I get my another superintendent gig next Friday. Because <laughs> she is. She's starting another job. She's going to another place. Yeah. I don't know where that is. but I don't know uh, why. You, but you brought up a good point from the beginning. Now that I'm thinking about this, why mm-hmm. do you need an interim superintendent to go before the acting superintendent? Couldn't you just go from, like, the interim superintendent to hiring a full-time superintendent without something in between? Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it's some sort of rules that the committees have made up or things like yeah. that. I mean, there are things that I don't understand, you know, and maybe the general public doesn't even understand about the process of how these things have to go. That's probably a rule by the Department of Education saying, hey, this is what needs to be done in case something like this happens where you have somebody abruptly leave. I don't know. Uh, I'm really not concerned. Well, I mean, we've had enough superintendent of schools leave in utter disgrace to have a pretty good handle on what goes on in the the educational world. That's true. You know, we've had our share. Oh, we've had quite a a share. We have had that. A Hadley woman is now uh, nationally famous for her actions taken uh, as she used beehives to attack a Hamden County Sheriff's deputy. 
According to a news release uh, sent to uh, 22 News from the Hamden County Sheriff's Department, on October 12th at around 9.15 a.m., 55-year-old Rory Susan Woods of Hadley pulled up to an ongoing eviction on Memory Lane in Longmeadow in a blue Nissan Xterra. Woods left her dog in the car and immediately went to the beehives, being towed by her SUV, and tried to open the lids to unleash the bees. Mm-hmm. Unleash the bees! <laughs> Uh, as a sheriff's deputy tried to stop Woods, but she made the bees angry, and uh, they started to circle the area. Woods then smashed the lid and flipped a hive off a flatbed, which made the bees very aggressive. The bees stung several officers, some of whom are allergic, and bystanders were watching nearby. One officer was taken to the hospital for those bee stings. Uh, Woods put on a professional beekeeper suit to protect her. She, they actually have a picture of her. Yeah. Being the, arrested with, with the, bee, the bee, bee suit. Bee but, suit on. But there's also pictures of her struggling with one of these hives and one of the the, uh, the sheriff's deputies. Like, she's trying to pull it away. He, she's trying to pull it from her. She's trying to hold on to it for, you yeah. know, out of desperation. Because she's got, like, you know, 10 of these hives yeah. on a, uh, on a like, a, like, a flatbed trailer. She knew what she was doing, but now that she's all out of bees. Yeah. Someone's gonna get a. Someone's gonna get evicted, no matter what. At the uh, front door of the home, she tried to agitate the bees more and was arrested by sheriff's deputies and booked into the Western Massachusetts uh, Reginal uh, Women's Facility. What? R e g i n a l. Is that a spelling error? Maybe. I would hope so. Unless you're combining two words that would make up the word reginal. Uh, maybe, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you'd have someone in the reginal penal system. I believe it's uh, it's it's regional. Oh. I okay. believe that's the Ooh, way it's supposed goodness. to be. 22 wow. just kind of yeah, messed understand that. that up, but uh, I but, like the word reginal. Uh, yeah, in the, yeah, especially as it relates to the penal system. Her prison nickname is going to be Honey. Hey, Honey, come on over here. Or Buzzy. Oh, yeah, Buzzy. Yeah, right. But, you know, uh, this story spread like wildfire. Yeah. You know, one little story in sleepy little Longmeadow, it's being covered by CBS News, yeah. CNN, Yahoo, yeah. Associated Press. It's like national media can't mind their own beeswax. Oh, I see what Ooh, you just say. Like a, bee, yeah. a bee joke there. The uh, West Virginia- you know, did, did you see her mugshot, by the way? Her mugshot yes. is now uh, going around. And she looks like she's like the cockiest woman alive. I showed you know- those... You know, those deputy screws a thing or two with my bees. Yeah. Again, you know, I don't know what her relation to this whole thing is. Was she a friend of the guy that was being evicted? She didn't live in the home. No, it doesn't uh, It doesn't say. Um, so it, it just strikes me as odd that someone who claims to be a beekeeper and, uh, you know, save the bees would... Make the bees angry. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know what's going on over there. I just know that she was trying to keep this guy from being evicted from a one point five million dollar home. Who are you? I'm the bee whisperer. Oh, what's your superpower? I go to evictions in rich neighborhoods and I make sure that the people are okay by stinging the sheriff's deputies, evicting the people with my bees. <laughs> How? Is a millionaire supposed to survive yeah. when he's out of the streets in Longmeadow? 10,000 square foot home being emptied <laughs> right here. And I will stop it with my bee uh, <sighs> whispering thing. I don't, uh, I don't <laughs> know this uh, gentleman from, uh, from Longmeadow. Um, I just know that uh, his Facebook profile picture ha- is a, a very nice sports car. 
well and it is the house it's a very it looks like a like a ferrari or something yeah and uh hey look man uh people who have money aren't aren't uh, immune to losing it all and uh having no, just to be evicted um, from a home they're just capable of lo- losing some of it but i've never uh, i've never seen any kind of other you know i'm sure there are people who argue with uh evictions you know, when you're getting your stuff moved out on your front lawn, sure. it's not really a laughing matter when somebody gets evicted from a home no. because they can't afford to live there. But when you have a friend come yeah. all the way out to Handley yeah. with a whole bunch of bees, yeah. well, then, you know, all of a sudden that story changes, doesn't it? It's, yeah. not, it's less about the guy that can't pay for his home yeah. and all about the woman that wants to take over. And I'm sure somebody who's being evicted on, let's say, Rifle Street in Springfield, for example, wouldn't have any friends to come over and unleash some sort of rabid animals on the sheriff's deputy. Oh. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody like you know in Springfield being evicted today yeah. that's kicking themselves that they didn't have a friend who had bees. What do you got? Uh, I don't know. I got a guinea pig. You got some gerbils. Yeah. Want to unleash the fear? <laughs> Listen, I own a guinea pig. I. Uh, it's very frightening. It's very frightening. <laughs> The uh, West Springfield Animal Control is looking for the public's help in locating the owner of a ball python found at Mittenig Park. According to West Springfield Animal Control on Facebook, the ball python is someone's pet, and they are looking for information on how it ended up in the park. Mittenig Park is located at 1695 Westfield Street and approximately has 325 acres. Why was that important to include? I don't uh, I don't know. Well, probably people thinking, well, are ball pythons indigenous to Mittenig Park? I don't believe they are. No. You know, the ball python gets its name from rolling itself into a ball when threatened. But do you think the python was like, it's just python, okay? You do one weird thing at a party after doing some lines of coke, and all of a sudden you're the ball python. Uh, well, no! listen, it, it, uh, Come on! Thank God he just rolled up into a into a ball. Think of all the other things he could have rolled yeah. up into. It's just Python. <laughs> hey, ball Python, stop it! All my friends refer to me as the ball Python. Yeah, yeah. You don't. But who are your friends really? You don't want to. You don't want to get messed up with the pouch python either. <laughs> Your uh, your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 57. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 62. Looking at 41 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. From the grocery store to the pump, the cost of... Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 8.53 in the Black Crows of Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, sunny uh, today with a high of 57. Uh, Friday, a high of uh, 60. Er, yeah, sunny and high. What am I doing? I don't know. I, I, Sunny with a high of 62. My, you know what? My brain's thinking about something else. No, nah, I get it. Yeah. I do. Yeah, it's like it's, the, it's that time of day. Yeah. You know, like you, you're all juiced up and ready to go for 530, 6 o'clock, and by 845, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe uh, this day's almost over. Right. Enough of this. Anyway, it's 41 in downtown. Uh, hey, join me, not uh, this Saturday, next Saturday, October 29th. At the uh, the Rumble Seat Bar and Grill in Chicopee for the night for the uh, the Rock One Two's Halloween celebration. Stock the night away from nine to eleven as the Rumble Seat hosts a costume contest with prizes for sexiest, best coupler group, funniest, most original, scariest, and a two hundred and fifty dollar cash prize for the overall best costume. Come in your own costume, no cover, no questions asked. Well, there may be some questions, but not a whole lot of them. Easy ones too. 
Halloween celebration Saturday, October 29th at the Rumble Seat Bar and Grill on Springfield Street in Chicopee with me and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. I think that no questions asked thing is like, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, we can hook up and uh, we'll never ask you any questions. I, I don't know of how much hooking up there is at this thing. First of all, you're, everyone else is in a costume. Yeah. You don't know what they look like without the costume. But that's the whole idea of it. Why do you think these uh, cosplay people dress up like furries and, and uh, Japanese cartoons? I, I they, really don't know. Because they don't want to look like the way they look like. They want to be somebody else for a while. See, now here I thought it was uh, it was something even more perverse than that. Yeah. You know, here you are you know, settling, a, settling a debate that I had in my mind. Like, you know, what uh, prompts people to become you know, sexually attracted to something that's furry? I don't know. Like a bear. Maybe it's uh, maybe something soft. Something yeah. soft to hold on to. Hey, uh, you know, we were talking about that uh, city councilor in Holyoke, the uh, embattled Ward 2 uh, city councilor. Yeah. Wilmer Pueblo uh, Mota failed this week in an effort to have the law department further review the provision of the city charter that was used in an attempt to unseat him as he awaits prosecution on child pornography and other charges in Rhode Island. The uh, move filed by Wilmer and uh, Councillor Linda Vacan asked for the clarification of the city charter rule that provides for removal of a councillor convicted of a crime. They specifically asked if the rule would apply to incumbent councillors previously convicted of crimes. At one point during the discussion, Vacan compared the treatment of uh, Wilmer <laughs> had received uh, the treatment he had received while his uh, criminal case is pending to a modern day lynching without the rope. In a seven six vote, the order failed. Ooh. You know there are certain things. Uh, Yes, he has not been convicted of any crime. As far as this goes, this is all allegations, but there is evidence, supposedly, Mm -hmm. of this. You know, it's one of those things where you would remove somebody from a job, even if, let's say they worked at a school, you would put that person at least on leave until the court case was resolved. I would think, uh, you know, that if I were in that position, and knock on wood, I will never be, but if I were... I would actually step out of that position uh, to go on leave because I would think that that would make it very difficult for me to do this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a this is a this is a weird uh, argument debate. Yeah. I mean, I know the knee jerk reaction is get this guy out of here. He's a sex offender, but technically he's accused of a crime. He right, he's innocent and pro- to proven guilty. It's just a it's a touchy subject. Yeah, but you know, but if he is found guilty, yeah, and all the decisions that yeah. he makes as a city councilor, yeah, you know, get to get passed or whatever, you're gonna have people kind of questioning. Yeah, all right, uh, was this really a good idea? Was was his proposal on this one particular uh, issue uh, worth worth all the debate when, in fact, he was doing all these terrible things? <clears throat> Wilmer! See what I'm saying? We're going to have to put these posters up in the neighborhood <laughs> once you grab a dab of glue. <laughs> it's 857 <laughs> with Max and Dangle on Rock 102. Sending out an SOS. Sending out an SOS. Sending out an SOS. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic SOS. Rock. It's 914 and the police. Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Steve, it's over. It's over. Message in the bottle. Yeah. <laughs>
The song's the song is over. You, you don't have to keep singing. Hey, uh, that's what that lady was playing when she released the bees yesterday because it stings so much. You oh, get what I'm doing? Yeah, there, I see what you're doing. Bing, bing, bing. I see what you're doing. Yeah. You imagine something that dumb, that stupid, that yeah. you know, that uh, ill-planned winds up being like one of the biggest stories of the day around the country, around yeah. the globe. Talk about that lady releasing bees on the sheriff's uh, sheriff's department as they were evicting someone in, uh, from a 10,000 square foot long metal yeah, home. $1.5 million home. Guy's losing his home and uh, and, and probably you know, a lot of his ass, other assets too. And his friend comes all the way out from Hadley and starts whipping bee uh, hives all over the place. I'll save you. Me and my bee friends will yeah. be there. We will be there for you. <laughs> yeah, except um, somebody's stirring the honey pot. But now you've just destroyed all your bee your beehives because I don't know if the bees just go right back to your hive. No, now you're, so it's like uh, now you're out of bees. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I understand the uh, the passion to save the day, but man, what an ill idea, ill conceived idea. Uh, she's a good-looking gal. Well, I don't know. She's uh, she looks to be kind of uh, very uh, confident in her mugshot. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, Max. <laughs> I see what yeah. you did there. It's like yeah. man, one big joke after the next. She's uh, she's creating quite the buzz. Quite a buzz. There, yeah, there. that's yeah, the truth. Yeah. She's a crybaby. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. You know what? Uh, they also arrested her. For uh, being in possession of a BB gun. Oh, yeah, there you go. A class B substance. Hell, I could go on all day. You don't I'm have not, to. No, because I'm leaving. You don't all have right. to. It's uh, 816 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Football season is underway, and you can't wait to show your friends and relatives just how much you know about the game. They, in turn, asked us to 